Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Limo Show. I got Chris Hilltop with me uh, today. Chris is a digital marketer, a fitness enthusiast, a uh, boxing guy as well. I mean, you're training boxing, yep. you're doing yep. copywriting. Uh, he's yeah. a hustler. I mean, he's a big hustler. And uh, I met him in Tallinn because I'm in Tallinn currently in Estonia. Uh, and so you're Estonian, right, Chris? You're, you're I'm, a, I'm a native. I'm a local, yeah. Local, purebred exactly. in Tallinn. Yeah. <laughs> purebred. And so, yeah, welcome, Chris. Uh, glad to have you here. Maybe you can kind of present yourself a little bit, like kind of your journey. Like what, what is your story right now up until now? And like, how did you get started with digital marketing and all of that? Yeah, so Chris Hilltop is the, the brand. It's not my actual name. I'm not going to say my Estonian name because your international audience won't be able to understand it anyway. But the name comes from essentially my Estonian name is written with a K and an F. So it's like Christopher. But in the US, it's with a CH and a PH. And then my, the Hilltop is actually like the translation of my last name. So my last mm -hmm. name is, is Estonian and actually it's Mauts. So it means the top of the mountain. So it's just that's where it came from. And I'm a young guy. I'm 22 years old. Hustling, working hard. I, uh, I'm a freelance copywriter slash digital marketer. So what I do is I help online businesses solve digital marketing problems. That's what I do for a living. And like you said, I love fitness as well. I love to train. I love to work out. Became a passion about three years ago that I've thankfully managed to keep within me. And now ever since I learned, started learning more about masculinity and what it means to become a high value guy, I started doing martial arts as well. So I did jiu-jitsu last summer for a little bit and then now i started boxing like at the end of last year so that's what i do now as well amazing yeah well like what do you think is the importance of learning fighting for for men nowadays well fighting first of all it teaches you a lot about yourself it teaches you a lot about what who you truly are because you can tell yourself everything you think about yourself you think you know about yourself but once you fight you know it's, it's like the mike tyson quote right it's Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, right? Yeah. So you'll learn your true nature when you fight and when you spar. It's like the truth, you know? It's like a symbol of what, what, what the reality of your being is. And secondly, mm -hmm. you know, it gives you a, an extra layer of personality. It gives you an extra sort of layer of confidence because violence is like the ultimate... So, so violence is, first of all, a part of human nature, right? It always has been. But now, thankfully, we live in a civilized society. But it's still, it's within us. And I think we need to be able to understand how to harness that violence that is within us. Because once we understand that, we'll be better able to, you know, protect those around us that we truly love. And we can go through the world with, you know, a better understanding of our, of our true selves. And I think... Mm -hmm. I think every man should learn how to fight or at least have some understanding of it because again, it'll, it'll help him better understand what it actually is and how to use it properly when he needs to. Absolutely. Yeah. And you reminded me of the quote by, um, by, I think it was Jordan Peterson. He said like a harmless man is not a good man. A good man is a dangerous man who kind of can control this, this um, dangerosity, like you can control um the violence that he has within himself yeah, absolutely that's what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so yeah. so yeah um and and so basically right now your main activity um is copywriting right or are you doing yep. some other things? yes no that's yeah. that's what i do that's what i focus on the most so mm -hmm. i started it actually well we can dive dive deeper into this now so 
it was it was funny how I actually managed to dodge university because I actually came from a high school that very heavily produces a lot of people who go to university. So I went to one of the top high schools in my country in terms of like examination results and pretty much 99% of students, like I swear to God, there's like 100 to 110 people who finish every year and like more than 100 go to university. So it was actually, it's interesting how I managed to avoid that. Well, first year I went to, went to the military because the military is mandatory in Estonia. So I did that. Then the second year I just, I worked a job until I wanted to, I wanted to do like a traveling thing before I chose a career or chose like sort of a direction for my life. But then COVID hit when I was in the military, so I couldn't really travel. So I just chose to work for a year. And then I finally did the traveling. But then I realized that I wanted to be in a better position financially and secure because I understood that I was the guy in my family who had to save us. I had to be the guy who steps up and takes responsibility financially for our well-being because I've never been like that well off. Okay, honestly, I've never been that poor. I've always had food. I've always had clothes to put on. I always had a roof, but like I haven't been able to luxuriously travel and stay in fancy hotels and drive uber nice cars and that's that's yeah. not been my life so. the the first time you went to a casino was was, was together you know yeah, together, yeah. You know, you... it was one week ago first time i went to casino, <laughs> one week yeah. ago we went to a casino together yeah yeah, yeah. no totally, uh, totally totally new world to me totally new experience and i've never 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 hanged out with these kinds of people never been around entrepreneurs that much my family is actually all musicians funnily mm-hmm. enough and i'm i'm the least musical person in my family for some reason i chose i chose to look towards wealth and fitness for whatever reason everybody else are musicians in my family but then i turned to copywriting yeah thanks to andrew tate saucer's university and it's been really a, a an, an eye-opening experience you know it's andrew tate is pretty big right now in social media and is the platform has grown tremendously and now we just uh, one of the we just revamped the copywriting category as well and it's you know it's it's a it's a big thing and i'm truly glad i made that choice because it, it came naturally to me as well i was always very good at english and mm-hmm. i've always been a people person as well so it just everything aligned and i just when i was when i was abroad i realized i wanted to return and i just i picked that and i think it was the it was the right choice Mm-hmm. Before Andrew Tate, you knew about copywriting. You were already learning about it, or you started learning as soon no, as you joined. I, I actually learned about Andrew Tate last summer. I think it might have been through Rich Cooper. I think actually, I think I learned about Tristan. I he did a podcast with Tristan, and then I started looking into Tristan. Then I found Andrew, and then like at HU came out last July, and I joined like at the beginning of September because I was really into crypto because that was when crypto was popping off, right? It was just mm. like crypto popped off. Then summary was quiet. And then like August, September, it started market cap started going up again. It was everything. I mean, NFTs were blowing up, right? So, and H2 had a copywriting section, uh, sorry, crypto section. So I joined because of crypto actually. Mm. And then one of the, what's funny is one of the first things you're supposed to do now, which I, I can't remember if they set up back then. I don't think they had it. Is you have to choose like what kind of quadrant in terms of time and money you fall into. So whether you're- yeah. Time, time rich, cash rich, time poor, cash poor, or whatever, yeah, you know, whatever I remember, the yeah. combination is. Yeah. yeah. And I think we didn't have it back then. And I, I just, I didn't have a lot of money back then. And I chose crypto, even though I should have cho- chosen, a, chosen a skill because with the capital I had, it wasn't beneficial. It wasn't good ROI to go into crypto, but that's what I did. 
And I was, I was in H2 for three months. I did crypto for like the first two, then one month. I just kind of, when I was abroad, I didn't do anything. Then, then once I returned, I finally, I started listening to the people within. Everybody was saying, all, all the people who are richer and the professors said, you know, you, you got to pick a skill. If you don't have cash flow, you need a skill. I was like, okay, I'll listen to him. I'll crush my ego and I'll choose a skill, right? And I chose copywriting. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And if, if it wasn't copywriting, what would, what would you do? Basically what profession other than that would you have chosen? Well, there's only really two that you can do with no skill and no money. Those are copywriting and affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing is essentially what you see and hear right now with Tate everywhere. Affiliate marketing is TikTok essentially. A lot of people have made really good money. There's a 13 year old in H2 who has made over 10 who makes 10k a month right now with mm -hmm. affiliate marketing 13 yeah when i was 13 pff, all i did was play video games and watch porn <laughs> i think so yeah. i wasn't and i was like can i have 20 bucks for my parents to go buy a movie ticket and a pizza and this guy's making 10k as a 13 year old so yeah affiliate marketing and copywriting are the only two ones you can really do with if you have no skills and no money mm -hmm. then we've got uh h2 has got crypto uh amazon fba ecom and well freelancing but uh, the first three requires some kind of like starting capital so ecom amazon fba and crypto yeah. like you should have some sort of kind of starting capital in order to start with those but freelancing is another one so essentially if you've got a skill that you've learned already so whether that be like seo or photography music uh, production video editing you can free uh you can monetize that by becoming a freelancer and that's also something h2 teaches yeah on, on upwork fiverr and stuff like that like on platforms like that actually yeah. uh upwork and fiverr are places where you compete on price instead of value so mm -hmm. the, the freelancing method that both actually we we approach freelancing the same way in copywriting and in the freelancing section so there are different professors the methods are a bit different but the uh, the idea is the same that you find about three to four clients who you'll help along the way and you'll grow their business and you will grow with them so it's on upwork and uh fiber you just you compete on price so instead of yeah. everybody just drives the price down and down and down and you can't scale it in any way there's no way to start making a lot of money reasonably quick uh, yeah so instead you in upwork so yeah. So, so instead, instead, like you prospect directly, you prospect. Yeah, you prospect directly. directly. You build relationships with your prospects. So like you mm -hmm. you you approach with the, you build rapport up front. So you approach them with some kind of free value or some kind of upfront value, essentially. And then if they like it, if they like your writing, if they like your style, if they like your skill, then you start building the rapport. From there, you do some small projects, and if those projects are successful, you know you move on to bigger and better things, and you know that's how you grow. Yeah. In, in issue two, they don't teach um, consulting too, because yourself, for example, I mean, now you can't see Chris now, but if you see Chris in real life, like he's super tall, super jacked and stuff like that. So you could also have been like, uh, for example, um, a fitness consultant or something like that. You know, I was actually going to be, I've, I've got a personal training certification. Like I, I yeah. that was the thing I was going to do, but with, with, Here's the funny thing. I swore to myself when I was like 17 or 18. This is now taking a bit of a going back in time a little bit, but I swore that I would never do something online or at a computer again because I used to spend my entire childhood playing video games. So I was like, I will never 
do anything online because I don't want to sit at a, at a, at a screen, right? Mm. But then I started thinking about it, about, well, well as I joined HQ2, that, you know, the amount of freedom that comes with an online income, right? You can work from anywhere, anytime you want. You can work with whoever you want, however you want. It's, it's too good of a choice. And in, in our modern world, like you have to have the, the, the freedom of choice to move around. I think you have to have yeah. the ability to go away from where you currently live. You have to have that freedom. So once I realized that, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to reconsider that promise a little bit. So, and be, becoming a personal trainer, it's pretty hard to do like f- the freelance way. It's hard to build up as an online business from the get-go because this is something I actually asked Ajax. Ajax Cortez is a pretty well-known online personal like fitness fitness coach. He's got a lot of courses. One of his Instagram lives and he said, the way he did it is he worked in a gym for like three to four years. And then he started doing online coaching for his existing clients. And that's how mm. he started building his online business. So it would have been hard yeah. to go online from the get-go. Or maybe some personal trainer has done it. But that's how I thought about it. And I would have been stuck to one gym for like for the foreseeable future. And I just didn't want to make that choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a guy. I don't know if you know that guy. Brandon Carter. Do you know this guy? The Brandon black guy. Like super is- shredded. Black guy, Brandon Carter. Probably, if you, I probably know. Yeah, him. I don't know the name, but I'll recognize the physique and the okay. face. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Because basically, he does that, and he helps people uh, build their online fitness business, uh, basically online without oh, really? having to work at a gym already and stuff. Yeah, he's pretty oh, big okay. now. Okay. Pretty cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so what is something that? Because now, I mean, you've been doing this for a while now. You're doing some copywriting. You're having clients already. You're helping people. Mm-hmm. So, what is something that you wish you had known when you started out? Like something that, if you had to come back and save your time and save save some headaches, like, well, what is something that you could um, avoid, basically? Uh, when I started mistake? copywriting. Yeah. When I started uh, copywriting or whatever you're doing now, yeah. It's just it's just commit and take more action. It's just I was. I, I really like to consume to this day. It's something I battle. I like to learn, but I should understand that, and everybody should, that you're going to learn a lot more by actually doing than just learning and watching stuff. Like I could have, what I should have done is I should have, first of all, reached out to a lot more people right from the get-go. I should have committed to this on a more bigger scale. And then what I should have done is I should have applied something called the OODA loop, which is the OODA loop essentially comes from a guy named John Boyd, who was in the U.S. Air Force, I think, which means observe, orient, decide, and act. So I should have sort of taken a step back and looked at my process of how I do things, and I should have corrected certain things. Because for a long time, I I reached out to the wrong people. I didn't have an attractive enough offer. And they should, of course, correct it along the way. So it's just more action. And then actually take a step back and look at how you've taken action and whether or not it's bringing you results. And then course correct that way. That's what I should have done more of. Mm -hmm. Got it. And so what are some specific, do you have some specific roadblocks that you you kind of solve throughout the way? Like some something that you, I mean, maybe there's, there was something you got stuck at and now you have you have the solution to that that you could give to someone. Well, first of all, at the beginning, it's just going to be your skill, like how well you write, because you're going to learn more about persuasion and the ways good writing is done along the way. So that's going to be a roadblock for everybody when they start out. Is you know they're going to 
be really salesy in their emails, for example, they're going to be like, uh, you know, all the cliche lines with this is an offer you cannot miss or this is your lucky day, you know, these sorts of things, for example. And, you know, they build intrigue, they build curiosity around certain things the wrong way. And again, the roadblock was I didn't actually have enough experience in the real world with real clients, with real emails, with real projects. You know, that's, that's, that's what's going to actually build you up and give you the most, the best kind of return on investment from the get-go, essentially. So it's, it's easier to start working together with clients now that I have a little bit of that experience and I have sort of that, I have a little bit of belly fat in that sense. I've built a little bit of, little bit of uh, firm, firmness up from some of the, I've had, my, I've had my share of failures as well. Like I'll, I'll share a really quick one. So I was on this, my fir- very first client, we, uh, we agreed upon doing a discovery project of five emails. And then this was my first emails I ever wrote, but I actually included details like within the offers inside the emails that we didn't actually go through with the guru. And then another mistake I made was I hopped on uh, another call in the future with this guru to review the emails. But then the guru also brought on, which I agreed with, like two of his already existing marketers. So he had like marketers already on board, but they weren't like Mm -hmm. copywriters. So they knew about marketing, but they weren't good writers. Yeah. But the sales call was really awkward. Like I was, we were reading like the emails live, but that's not going to give the same effect. And then the emails had details that weren't actually, we didn't actually talk through. And it was just, mm. unfortunately, that was a client that we ended up separating with. But, you know, it's, I think it's something that everybody is going to go through, you know. Yeah. There's, there's, it's impossible to go to see success without failure, right? So Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah, no, definitely. And even myself, I mean, when I started uh, coaching clients and stuff, I remember my first few clients, it was a bit messy, you know, it was messy. I, the, the presentations weren't that good. Um, and, but then as, as you grow, you obviously you improve and improve and improve and get feedback. And that's how you learn it. So you get good at anything. Uh, but the main thing is to start as soon as possible, obviously. And yeah, to... yeah well, I've actually, I've printed like, uh, this is, I'll, I'll plug another guy, Alex Omozi, right? Wrote a book, a hundred million dollar yeah. offers. One of the greatest Love that guy. ever yeah. read on business. And he recently made a video with like 28 things you can tell yourself in order to be poor. And then he, at the end, he, well, in the video, he like breaks down like the 28 things that everybody's doing wrong. And then he like reverses them at the end with 28 things you can do to be rich. And like, now I have the list printed out on my wall here in front of me. And it's like the first thing is start today. Right. So yeah, yeah. you got to start no, as absolutely. soon as possible. Yeah. And, and so um, I have a question for you. So what, what is something that people seem to kind of misunderstand about you and what you do? And that you kind of want to rectify, like what, what is something that people usually, when you tell them copywriter, you tell them, oh, I'm doing this or I have a business online, they kind of misunderstand about you or what you do. So, yeah, they don't really, well, so you mean when I like talk with this, for, for example, when I talk about it with my family or friends in real life and I tell them what I do, like what are they, what do they not understand? Yeah. Okay. For example, something that people usually misunderstand about you. I know it's a mm-hmm. tough question. It is a tough question. Maybe if, if you don't well, have an answer, we can, we, I can okay. So, so, so the first thing is like, they don't like, they ask like, how am I learning this? Like, where am I doing this? How the, how, how the hell am I actually like going through this process? Because most of the people that I used to know or that I used to communicate with, and I still meet up with sometimes 
are people who are so plugged into like the normal college university system that they don't they don't comprehend that like the freelance way is something that can bring you a much faster ROI on your time. So they're like, okay, mm -hmm. so where do you, uh, how, where are you learning this skill? Did you go to university or where are you learning this? Like, okay, wait, so you're learning this in some online community? Are they scamming you? Like, is this a scam? Are you actually, is this actually bringing you money in? Are these people that you're working with using you? Like they're skeptical, right? About the entire thing, because mm -hmm. it's like, wait, you can do this freelancing thing online that if you actually commit to, you can start making like more than five figures a month in like half a year. If you, yeah. well, some, if you're really crazy about it, you can do it even quicker than that. Right. Definitely. But it's yeah. like in Estonia, that's, that's like crazy money, right? That's more like more than six times, or I think it's around six times like the average salary of, yeah, you can live really well in Estonia with six figures a year. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So it's like, they just, they just don't comprehend that something like this is possible. Right. And I was just, I was fortunate enough to. I was fortunate enough to find the right guys on my journey to get to where I am now. And I can, I just, I can feel that this is right. You know, I, I feel that I'm doing the right thing. I, I think that's very important. I've got a pretty well tailored gut instinct by now. And I think my gut is telling me that I'm doing the right thing as a sense. Yeah. And anyways, you learn, I mean, even you're going to, you're going to learn, you can always Absolutely. transition to another business. You're 22. Well, well, so uh, yeah, even if you I fail mean, for the next five years, you can still. The funny thing is, back. you know, the funny thing is, I'm seeing like these kids pop up in Hofstra's University who are like 14 and 15 years old. And yeah. I'm like, I'm a bit, I'm a bit jealous. I'm like, dude, for if sure. I, yeah. If I had this when I was 15, I'm like, dude, I would seriously be like, I would definitely making like six figures by now. I would drive a nice car, you know. And yeah, that's that's like. That's crazy. I, I totally wish I would have access would have had access to these resources when I'm 15. But at the same time, I'm still a pretty young guy. I'm 22 years old, so it's actually it's it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And and how do you? Because a lot of people, for example, they want to do the same thing. They want to have a, an online business, but they also want to get fit, get women, etc. And so, how do you manage all of that together? How do you have the? Uh, what's your advice to kind of manage and balance every single aspect of your life? Like fighting, women, uh, fitness, all of that together. Well, it, it's it's a choice, right? It's a choice you make, yeah. And you just you find the time for it. There's plenty of hours in a day, right? So you just you have you you make your own choice as to how you spend that time. You have to find ways you save time. So uh, I'm I, I guarantee that every single person that's listening to this can find a way to find an additional hour to do whatever they like in their day, right? Either they are yeah spending too much time watching something as they're eating or they're spending too much time cooking or they're spending too much time on social media or they're spending too much time on transportation, for example, or like they could find a better solution to save their time. And it's just, you know, for me, it's pretty simple. I mean, I try to for in the mornings and in the, during the day I work and depending on if I meet up with somebody later on in the evening, then I either train before I meet up with them. So I box or I train before I meet up with a person. And then just later on in the night, you know, I, I meet up with somebody or if I have plans and then I don't go too crazy. I don't, I'm not a really drinking guy. So I, I've done it. Not for me. I don't like hangovers. I fucking hate them. Can't stand them at all. So I'm always like, when I, if, even if I go out, even if I, have, if I have some fun, I'm always functioning the next day. So. So yeah. I just, I've, I figured it out for myself, you know, I figured out like what the right kind of balance is. And it's a little bit of trial and error, 
like it's something that you're definitely gonna have to try out like what works best for you everybody's different right you know i'm actually not that much of a morning person like for example when i i used to go in the military we had to get up at 5 55 every single morning and like i would never even if i was super tired i would never fall asleep before 12 a.m usually and i had guys in my room who would like be in be on the phone after bedtime which was not allowed but they were and then like they put their phone away and like two minutes later i can hear the fucker snoring and i just i tried to do everything right i was not on my phone i was trying to relax i was meditating you know trying to soothe myself and i just i couldn't fall asleep and i would be super tired when i'd wake up but the funny thing is like sleeping from 12 to 6 a.m compared to like 2 to 8 a.m for example for me is a massive difference like i feel so much better waking up at 8 a.m than i do at 6 a.m that's just me. I don't know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's a bit of trial and error, but you know, I've managed to I managed to figure out the balance just with experimentation and testing out different things. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of priorities, as you said. It's like everybody can find the time. I'm sure uh, a lot of people watching this they waste a lot of time scrolling on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever, and they could have Definitely. spent all this time, uh, you know, working on a side hustle or whatever. So. So yeah, it's it's a matter of priorities as well. Uh, and you right now, uh, basically, you've learned copywriting. You have a good understanding of marketing, psychology, all of that. So how do how does how does this knowledge translate into also your success, for example, with women or in seduction, for example? Did that uh, did that also help you? Okay. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, first time, first time I actually learned more about sales and copywriting i was like this is so many similarities to dating because the funny thing is i figured out like the first thing i ever did in my life was i got fit then i learned like how to date in game women a bit then i learned now i'm learning how to fight and then finances was the thing that actually came last so now i'm making a bit of money not as much as i'd want to but this is the thing that came last actually so as i was learning about sales it's like there were so many similarities so copywriting is salesmanship in print right so sales equals conviction equals persuasion equals seduction, right? So yeah. when you're seducing a woman, it's essentially, you know, you're convincing her that you're a high value guy, right? You're convincing her that you're a man of res- worthy of respect, right? And you don't have to do it through lying. It's just, you know, it's sales is nothing but a, a transference of belief over a bridge of trust. So essentially, if the woman trusts you, if she feels safe being around you if uh, she believes that you're a respectable guy then Mm -hmm. you know she'll want to be with you right and yeah it's funny there's plenty of there's plenty of uh similarities in sales and persuasion and and dating it's it's something it's something to look further into actually i haven't thought about it that much but yeah there are definitely similar details yeah, I like to say that I like to say that seduction is marketing and sex is sales. You know, it's 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 exactly uh, that in, in yeah, a way. pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, so, w- what is, for example, one thing that you found similar? Like just one thing, one thing or two that you really th- find similar between copywriting, sales, and seduction, and women. I think it's I think it's the certainty aspect, right? So. If, if a woman's going to be sleeping with you, she has to be certain about the fact that you're somebody that's worthy of respect and that's uh, at high value enough in whatever sort of metric, I guess, you're good at. 
And if you're going to close a prospect in sales, you know, they have to be certain about you, they have to be certain about the product, and they have to be certain about the company you work for, right? Mm -hmm. So it, the certainty aspect, I'd say, definitely is similar. And, you know, okay, another thing, I'll, I'll give you a little bonus. So I think uh, building rapport is a really important aspect, right? Because if you're, if you're yeah. approaching prospects like cold, then you have to build some kind of rapport with them, right? So to get the, to get the communication and to get the relationship going. You know, the same thing with women, right? You build a rapport, you know, maybe with a cold approach, you walk, walk up to her, you give like, like a somewhat of a cheesy compliment, or maybe that's not the best example. If you give her like a positive interaction, right? As mm -hmm. like your first, wherever you meet them, right? At the gym or at, a, or at a bar or wherever, you give her a nice positive interaction that's immediately gonna lay the foundation uh lay it like a firm strong foundation for your upcoming relationship or like not relationship but like your upcoming like communication let's just say yeah and that's another similarity i think i saw so that's pretty cool yeah one other thing also that i found is um in terms of qualifying your, your your prospects the right way because a lot of men, a lot of men for example when it comes right. to business but also with women uh, instead of qualifying women they're going to qualify themselves and try to sell themselves to women right they're going to have this buyer dynamic Absolutely. where they try to they try to give a, a woman their resume or whatever and they try yeah. to kind of uh, sell themselves instead of actually qualifying women and making women you know selling themselves to them no, uh, no, so that's absolutely. one dynamic as well no absolutely um, i 100% agree with you it's you have to write at the same, you, whoever you work with, you should very carefully. Uh, that's why you, whenever you work with together, whenever you start working together with somebody, you start off with like smaller prospect, uh, smaller projects, to figure out like first of all what it's like working with them, and for them what it's like working with you, and yeah, you know, with women as well. A lot of guys just hop into a relationship and ask them to be their girlfriend after like two dates, right? So a lot of guys yeah. don't really carefully bet and clarify screen, yeah. screen for yeah, screen yeah. screen the kind of women they're going to be inviting into their lives it's a really re very big decision that you're going to make it's going to influence your well-being a lot absolutely yeah um i don't know if we should talk about women man because i mean i, I could talk about so many things uh I, I could ask you so many questions uh about women but obviously you've lived all your life in a in an eastern european country uh you you haven't li really lived in the west Whereas I did, no. for example. Um, mm. And I mean, there's this cheesy question that everyone asks, like, oh, are women truly different in the, the, the East and the West? Uh, stuff like that. And what, so, so what, what, what's your opinion on Estonian women, for example? And, and yeah, what, what, what's your opinion? So, on that? so my only, so I, I did live in Spain for one and a half months, which is obviously not a lot, but it's still like, okay, it's more traveling than living, but it's still, it was a bit of a longer period. So I do have some experience, but. First of all, I don't think well, Estonia is a bit of a funny place, right? It's not exactly that Eastern compared to yeah. uh, Ukraine or Absolutely, uh, Romania, yeah. probably. So it's it's like it's pretty in between. It's like a bit mm. Nordic, a bit Western and a bit Eastern. So it's like a little bit of both in terms of culture yeah. and the people. But the women are beautiful. Like they truly they are beautiful. Like I, yeah. I, I did I did walk around a lot in Spain. I went to bars. I went to clubs for average, for example. Like on average, I didn't see as many beautiful women in a club in in Sevilla than I see in Estonia. Like, truly, women are gorgeous on average. Yeah, and I've seen somewhere. I don't know. I saw an article. Sorry to cut you off. I saw an article that here in Estonia, there's the highest concentration of models 
You see what I mean? Really? Like between population and models. That's good. Yeah. I, like I mean, the population is really small. I mean, there's only 1,300,000 people here. Maybe yeah. that's why. Uh, but yeah, the, the, there's the highest concentration of, of models. Uh, I, I found this article interesting. Yeah. So that's, it's funny as well. There's the, there's a lot of Russian women here as well. And Russian women are notorious for being like hypergamy on steroids, essentially. So they really, they really go for the best option when they can. But uh, also Russian women really value their looks, right? As well as I've seen, I've seen plenty of Russian women well into their thirties that look, they look gorgeous because they've taken care of themselves over the years. Yeah. So we get that. Yeah, they understand. Yeah, they understand that beauty is their best asset, and so they make the best yeah. out of it, like with makeup mm -hmm. and even surgery sometimes, like stuff. Like no, that. well, fitness as well. They're in great shape. Fitness, like they're not yeah. many of plenty of women are, especially in the West, are overweight, right? Already in their thirties, but these women in mid to late thirties, they're in beautiful shape, lean. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Yep. And, and so, what what's one thing? Um, what, what's one quote? or lesson that you'd like to kind of transfer on to people listening right now that you've learned along the journey, something that stuck with you till now, like a lesson or uh, a quote or a saying that, that you'll, yeah, that you really resonate with. There's uh, when, when Andrew Tate was fighting, he wrote something called the tales of Wudan, which is essentially like for people in his private network the war room would know more about this but it's essentially like his uh, his lore kind of like his it's kind of like a it's a fictional tale but there's lessons in like each story and mm -hmm. so the very first story relates to saplings and trees right so he's like uh his his like fictional character is sitting on top of a mountain and he's uh, sitting under a tree uh, with with the master right and then I think he, he asked the master, uh, you know, well, they're sitting under a, under a big tree, essentially. And I think he asks that, why did, how did this tree grow so big? And the tree, uh, the master answers, uh, do you think, uh, do you think a tree can grow big amongst the saplings if it didn't fight? So essentially in order for a tree to grow large amongst all the other saplings around it, it has to crush them violently. So it, had, it fought tooth and nail with the other sapling. It took all the light. It took all the resources. It took all the nutrients out of the ground, the water, and it's the one that won. And all the other saplings were crushed and eventually died away, right? Mm. I think that's a pretty good metaphor for life in order to... You have to struggle a little bit. You have to fight tooth and nail for what you want yeah. in, order to, in order to see success. But yeah, life is a competition. Come. Life is a competition. Yeah. I mean, we all we all compete uh, for the the most resources, the most beautiful women, uh, the most influence. I mean, we all we all compete for the same uh, things. Now, whether we know it or not, I mean, even right now, if you're listening and you're kind of a socialist or whatever, you're going to compete whether you know it or not. We live in a cap capitalistic society, so um, obviously, I mean, the more skilled you are, the more um, the more charismatic you are, the more knowledgeable you are. Uh, the more the strongest you are, um, the stronger you are, the more you're gonna, you know. And I'll I'll, I'll add something. I'll I'll add something to that really quick. Uh, I think it's something that took me a while to realize. But if you're a man, if you're born as a man in the Western world, and you you are listening to this, so this means you have access to the internet. Like you can you can be anybody you want. 
Like as a man, you can build your, it's literally life is a video game. It's just literally the exact same thing. You can build yourself into a high level character, right? You can get in shape, you can fight, you can become successful with women. You can get, become a seductor. You can get money. You can get rich, right? You can grow a network. You can be captivating. You could be interesting. Like you can be whoever you want to be. It's just a decision you make as yeah. a man in this world, in the Western world. So that's, that's once you understand that, it's like, bro, the entire world opens up. All of a sudden, it's everything is under your, you, you can control. There are some, you can't control the weather, right? But you can yeah. control your destiny in that sense. You can control your mind. Right. And that's another very important thing that people have yeah. to get, get right is their mindset. Yeah, you're only limited by your mind at the end of the day. And, and yeah, if right now you're not where you want to be, then seek guidance from people who have already achieved what you want to achieve and then just execute relentlessly uh, to mm -hmm. get there. And if you do, you're going to thank yourself 5, 10, 15 years from now, uh, for sure. Uh, so one last question, because we don't have a lot of time, but I, we're going to do uh, another podcast at some point, for sure, as we're both mm -hmm. in Tallinn. So one thing is, um, besides Hustlers University and besides your gym membership and besides your boxing membership, what's something that's less than 50 bucks that really benefited you the most personally? That's something that you bought that's less than 50 bucks besides HU, besides gym or boxing, something you bought that really made an impact on your life, you know? Mm, that's a very, that's an interesting question. Something that I bought for less than 50 bucks that impacted my life. Let me think. Hmm. Hmm. This, yeah, this is actually a question. Yeah, this, I was yeah. saying, this is actually a question by Team Ferries. Like he asks his hosts for like 100 bucks, but I said 50 because Hustlers University and stuff is like 50. Okay. So, so like, yeah, I was curious, like what's something that really benefited you that you bought Okay. Um, in the okay. Past. Well, I didn't. I unfortunately I didn't put fifty into a crypto when crypto was small, so that I can't answer that. I was thinking like maybe I bought, I bought a drink to a girl I used to date for a long time. Maybe that's. I think. Okay. I guess that's an answer. But fifty bucks. I don't know. That's a very. That's a pretty good question. I mean, I. I don't think I can name like one thing that really made like a massive impact a lot of the things i've learned i've learned for free actually a lot of the things i've mm -hmm. learned are on, are on youtube but okay yeah. books i guess like some books that transform your life like let me see like yeah 100 million dollar offers cost one dollar that's a very good book that's going to help you a lot with business and creating offers or if you're a freelancer yeah. or a business owner the, the audiobook or the pdf but, is uh, well, what is one dollar actually i actually yeah Alex himself requests, uh, suggests doing both. Like as you're reading the book, yeah. you listen to the audio at the same time. So you get like a double yeah. sensory input. Double input, yeah. So you memorize better, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I guess, I guess, that, I, I guess I'll leave it that way. You know, okay. a lot of the things I've learned that I've learned from the content that men put out for free. Okay, maybe uh, something that when I was really, this was over a year ago now. When I was sexually more inexperienced, I bought a book by Sterling Cooper called a, a Guide to Performance Anxiety that really transformed the way I saw sexuality. Really? Sexual okay. Yeah. And I, saw uh, I, I saw because, that book. I saw that book. Yeah. Because I used to be insecure as hell, man. I used to be really in, un, inconfident. I didn't see the results I wanted to see. I was really in my head and that really changed the game for me. I started, I, my experiences got a lot better after that.
for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. Interesting. Okay, perfect. Uh, so one last thing. Okay, besides Andrew Tate, obviously, uh, if you could have if you could have dinner with like three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Three people, dead or alive, who would it be? Uh, dead or alive. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'll take I'll take I'll take one from each. So with copywriting, I take maybe David Ogilvy. He's a really mm. good old school copywriter. The Godfather made the infamous, of yeah. They made the in infamous Rolls Royce ad. Like I, I can't remember yeah. the quote right now. The Rolls Royce, the infamous quote, like at sixty miles. Oh, I can't remember. I'll butcher the quote. I won't say it. But there's a really famous quote on the Rolls Royce ad that he wrote. So I'll take a copywriter. I'll take a fitness guy. So I'll take. Everybody's expecting me to say Arnold, right? So I'll probably take Arnold. When he was in his prime, I'll take him when he was in the eighties, when he was doing the movies, and we when he'd already mm. done the competitions. Did you did I'll you say, read his biography? Did you, did you read yeah, the biography? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that, he's that he's, he's, a, he's a he's an insane racks to riches story as well, from like yeah. a farm in Austria to you know Arnold, right? Bodybuilder, yeah. movie movie star, and governor of California, right? That's that's crazy. That's crazy insane, as well. Yeah. And then I'll take now a he's boxer. a little bit too. Nowadays he's a little bit too leftist and stuff. Like he's yeah, a little bit he's, he's had some woke things. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. had some woke statements. I think recently. Yeah, yeah. So that's why. But that's why so I'll take the eighties, Arnold. That guy was cool. <laughs> but he's still cool. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I'll take a boxer. I'll probably take. Uh, let's see who. Let's see who I'll take. Maybe I'll take actually. I'll take Tyson Fury. Actually, I was thinking. Obviously, everybody is. Everybody would take Tyson, probably. Mike Tyson, then. And funny enough, Tyson Fury was actually named after Mike Tyson. So that's okay, that cool. was, uh, that's why I was, I was wondering, was it Mike Tyson? Yeah, no, it's yeah, guy, no, no. Okay. Tyson Fury. Yeah, I'll, pick okay. I'll, I'll sit at the table with those three. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be an interesting conversation. That would be an I mean. interesting conversation for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one last question is, so what is your best tip for making the world a better place like what's your message if you had to live one word before leaving this interview what would it be i think this is one of jordan peterson's quotes from his first uh, from his book 12 rules of life if i'm not mistaken it's essentially like take care of yourself before you fix the world like you have to mm -hmm. you have to be like as much as you love your family as much as you love your parents as much as you love your kids if you've got them as much as you love your partner you know, your, your husband or your wife, as much as you love your siblings, you have to take care of yourself. Like you have to, you have to fix your own life. You have to yeah. get your own life in order before you fix the world, mm -hmm. before you fix anything else. So make sure Definitely. you take good care of yourself. Yeah. That's why there's this analogy on planes where they tell you to put your own mask, oxygen mask, before you put it on others. You know, when, when, mm -hmm. when there's a plane crash or something, they tell you to put your own one first and then take care of others, you know? Yeah, uh, absolutely. So, yeah. so yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you so much, Chris, for, uh, for being absolutely. here. Uh, thank you for being on the podcast. Um, unfortunately, we don't have much more time, but we're going to do others, uh, hopefully in the future. We have so many stuff to talk about. I mean, women, fitness, uh, money, stuff like yep. that. So where, where, where is the best place where people can find you, find out about what you do and, so uh, I'm on I'm on Instagram at the Chris Hilltop. I got a few photos there right now. I've got 
I don't really post that much stories. Summer's going to come around now. Weather's getting a bit warmer here in town. It's still too, a little bit cold, as you know. But yeah, it's, it's still cold, man. It's, 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 it's crazy, man. La, la, last year, yeah, it, was well, it should be hotter. warmer. Yeah. It should be warmer by now. It definitely should, yeah. but you know that's that's the case. So Instagram at the Chris Hilltop. Uh, I have a website as well, chrishilltop.com, where I sh- sh- talk a little bit about what I do with my copywriting and email marketing. And, you know, I tweet a little bit. I tweet about copywriting and sales and persuasion at, uh, at the Chris Hilltop again on Twitter. Yeah. And yeah, you'll see, you'll hear more from me. You'll see me around. You'll hear from me on those platforms. Awesome. Awesome. So go follow guys, uh, Chris on these platforms and, uh, yeah, I mean, we keep in touch anyway, um, us for, yep. for our projects and, uh, yep. and yeah, thanks for listening guys. Yeah. And don't forget to share uh, this podcast. If you enjoyed it on Instagram, on Facebook, whatever, enjoy this podcast, share the wisdom and see you guys soon.